Hello and welcome to another episode of Metasodes. I'm here with Adrian, Surya and Anapam to talk about obesity. Is it nature or nurture? Are genetic factors more important than lifestyle? Let's start off with defining obesity. Obesity describes a person who's extremely overweight with a lot of body fat, especially around the abdomen. Being obese leads to increased risk of developing diseases such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, stroke and some kinds of cancer, namely bowel and breast. Obesity is becoming an increasingly large problem within society. It is estimated in the UK that one in every four adults and one in every five children aged 10 to 11 are obese. And this is only rising. The UK is the second most obese nation in Europe, only trailing Malta. This problem is not going away. It's an increasingly dangerous problem that's affecting both children and adults. Obesity is defined as having a BMI of over 30. And a BMI of over 40 means you're severely obese. Obesity is caused by imbalance in energy intake, meaning a person takes in more calories than they use, leading to the buildup of fat. A worrying trend is that children are getting obese earlier and they're not shaking off that fat into adulthood, which means that they could have long term health complications and it means that they could get type 2 diabetes much earlier than in the past. And this causes knock-on effects to our healthcare system. Our discussion today is mostly going to be about whether obesity is genetic or lifestyle-based. And here's Adrian to discuss whether it is genetics-based. So, is obesity genetic? This is a question that we cannot answer with a simple yes or no. Body weight is not determined by one single factor, but is controlled by many different factors including but not limited to genetics, metabolism, environment, behaviour, diet and culture. There are so many different factors that contribute to one's body weight and genetics most definitely play a part. One gene or many? This is another question that we need to ask when considering the impacts that genetics have on obesity. Rarely, obesity occurs in families according to a clear inheritance pattern that is caused by changes in a single gene. The most commonly implicated gene is MC4R, which encodes the melanocortin 4 receptor. Changes in this gene that diminish its function are found in a small fraction of obese people across all ethnic groups. Affected children feel extremely hungry and become obese because of consistent overeating. So far, rare variants in at least nine genes have been found that are linked to single gene obesity. On chromosome 16 in humans, there is the FTO gene, which codes for the enzyme alpha-ketoglutarate-dependent dioxygenase FTO. In these, the FTO stands for fat, mass and obesity associated, and the name gives a clue that this gene plays a significant role in childhood and adult obesity. In a study published in 2007, 38,759 Europeans were studied for variants of the FTO obesity risk allele. In particular, carriers of one copy of a common variant allele weighed an average of 1.6 kilograms heavier than those with no copies. 
and carries of two copies of the allele weighed, on average, three kilograms heavier than those without this variant allele at all. This association was observed in people aged seven upwards. The FDO gene is just another example of how genetics play a role in obesity and shows that it is not only lifestyle factors that influence obesity. In most of these people, however, there is no single genetic cause that can be identified. Since 2006, genome-wide association studies have found more than 50 genes that are in some way associated with obesity, though many of them have minimal effects. Most obesity is multifactorial, that is, the result of complex interactions among many genes and environmental factors. So how do genes control energy balance? The brain regulates food intake by responding to signals from fat tissue, the pancreas and the digestive tract. These signals are transmitted by hormones, such as insulin and ghrelin, and other small molecules. The brain coordinates these signals with other inputs and responds with instructions to the body, either to eat more and reduce energy use or to do the opposite. Genes are the basis for the signals and responses that guide food intake, and small changes in these genes can result in a change in their activity. Energy is crucial to survival. Human energy regulation, due to the effects of evolution and the environment that ancestors lived in, aims to protect against weight loss rather than to control weight gain. This is backed up by evidence that genes that helped ancient human ancestors survive famines are now being challenged in environments where food is plentiful all the time. Health efforts try and reduce the rate of obesity focus on lifestyle factors because genetics cannot be changed as easily as lifestyle. Because there are so many different variables and each person is different and each case is variable, it is impossible to say for sure the role that genetics have in obesity. So, though there is a genetic element to obesity, they are far from the most significant contributing factors and other factors play a more significant role in determining body weight. Now, I'll pass on to Surya. Lifestyle has a significant impact on the chances of developing obesity. And now we will be looking at a few of these lifestyle choices that might put a person at high risk of developing obesity. One of the most important factors that can lead to obesity is a poor diet. And this can encompass a lot of things. Eating lots of food and drinks with a, with a high fat and sugar content can cause obesity by adding an excess of calories to your diet. This could result in you consuming more calories than you use in a typical day. The additional energy that you consume will be stored in your body and you'll gain weight, which increases your BMI or body mass index and increases your chances of becoming obese. Drinking alcohol is also a major lifestyle choice when it comes to the development of obesity. This is because alcohol contains a lot of energy, roughly 27 kilojoules per gram. Excess consumption of alcohol can result in a positive energy balance, and this excess energy is once again stored in the body, which can lead to a gain in weight over time. A lack of physical exercise is also a major risk factor for the development of obesity. Physical activity is essential to burn off calories that you consume. Some of the energy that you consume is used for essential body processes, such as breathing or pumping of the heart. The energy needed for these essential body processes is known as basic metabolic rate. But often, people require extra energy for the other physical activities that they do, such as running. People often do not do enough physical exercise to compensate for their high energy consumption. 
again leading to the positive energy balance that leads to an increase in weight. The Department of Health and Social Care recommends that the average adult does approximately 150 minutes of moderate, moderate or intense exercise every week, and this can include activities such as cycling and running. Sleep deprivation is one of the most surprising risk factors that can lead to obesity. A lack of sleep can result in the release of a hormone called cortisol. This hormone is usually released during the stress response. In the case of sleep deprivation, cortisol disrupts sleeping patterns. This can result in fatigue and tiredness, which may affect the capacity to exercise, reducing physical activity, and this again can result in the positive energy balance due to the lack of energy usage, and this can cause weight gain once again. An average person should get around seven to eight hours of sleep each night. So from these three lifestyle factors that I've just discussed, you can see that maintaining a good healthy lifestyle with a balanced diet, regular physical exercise and sufficient sleep can help to maintain a good energy balance, allowing you to maintain a healthy weight and reduce your risk of developing obesity. These lifestyle factors can increase the chances of a person becoming obese. But obesity itself is a risk factor for other diseases such as type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease. So following a healthy lifestyle can help reduce the risk of developing other diseases as well. Now on to Anapam for treatments. Obesity can primarily be treated in one of two ways, although I must note that forms of obesity caused by genetics will be significantly less effectively treated by either of these two methods. And the two methods we're going to discuss are lifestyle changes primarily diet and exercise, and medication slash surgery or medical interventions. The first set is a lot cheaper to carry out, has better long-term health benefits, but is quite time-consuming and difficult to maintain, while the second is much easier and quicker, but a lot more dangerous and less permanent in some ways. First, let's talk about lifestyle changes. These are most commonly recommended methods for treating obesity. The NHS website, for example, recommends it as the primary treatment option for dealing with obesity. There are two key angles from which you need to approach changing your lifestyle. And the first we will discuss is exercise. Now, there are obviously various exercise regimens and types that can benefit people with obesity, such as running, cycling, swimming, taking part in sports such as tennis or football, However, in the end, all of these activities boil down to increased calorie burn as their way of offsetting obesity. In particular, aerobic exercises are touted as reducing obesity the most. However, any form of activity can help in the end. Even parking your car further away from your destination promotes extra walking and therefore calorie burn. It is recommended, however, not to fall into the trap of trying too much too fast people with obesity can find it a lot harder to begin exercise due to their condition. And as a result, a lot of people either injure themselves and are unable to continue with the exercise or give up after trying to do intense exercise straight away. The key is to have a set plan for your exercise regimen and make sure it follows through based on what you can do. Similarly is diet. Diet plays a massive role in obesity. However, likewise, many people fall into cycles of what is called yo-yo dieting due to poor diet planning. They go through cycles of weight gain and loss without actually improving their health, instead putting more strain on their other organs, such as the heart, liver and kidneys. 
Instead, it's recommended to follow custom diets from health professionals that, unlike many fad or commercial diets, don't remove nutrition or whole food groups, but instead remove calories. Hypocaloric diets or low-carbohydrate low diets are shown to be most effective, and LCDs and VLCDs, or low-calorie diets and very low-calorie diets, which limit intake to 1,000 and between 400 to 800 calories respectively, and consist of high-protein, low-fat liquid diets, are the most common types prescribed. However, there are risks. VLCDs, for example, are to only be used for at maximum 12 weeks at a time due to the very low dangerous calorie intake. However, it is very effective at losing weight. Overall lifestyle changes are very effective. However, they require intense behavioral changes as well. And in most cases, counseling is required to support these. Success rates for long-term maintenance are very low as a result being between 2 and 20%. This is due to a myriad of reasons, such as obesity being linked to mental health issues, which can either hinder someone from carrying out these processes or even starting them in the first place, or also these diets and exercise regimens being quite daunting for people, again, hindering them from starting it. Now let's talk about medical interventions for obesity. Again, this comes in two forms, being either medications, typically in the form of pills, or surgery. In terms of medication, there's only one which has been approved worldwide, that being Orlistat, also known as Ali in the UK slash US, or Xenical in other countries. Ali is a lower dose over-the-counter variant and is available directly from many pharmacies, whereas Orlistat, the primary drug, although they are different dosages, must be prescribed directly by a doctor or pharmacist. It works by preventing around a third of the fat from your diet from being absorbed into the body, leaving it undigested and passing it out with your excrement. This prevents further weight gain, though it does not necessarily cause you to lose weight. It also has high rates of gastrointestinal side effects, such as flatulence, diarrhea, and stomach pain. Other medications include lorcaserin, liraglutitude, and fentermine topiramate. Lorcaserin and fentermine topiramate are only available in the United States due to EU regulation banning them due to their associations with heart and blood vessel problems. In addition, lorcaserin was also linked to cancer in 2020 and was removed from the US market. All of these tablets obviously have these extreme health risks. However, they are very effective at reducing either weight gain or increasing weight loss. In very extreme circumstances, however, weight loss surgery or bariatric surgery is used. There are strict requirements for being eligible for this type of surgery, and procedures include gastric banding, where the top of the stomach is fitted with an adjustable band so that you can adjust how much food is intaked into the stomach, gastric bypasses, where the small intestine is surgically attached to the top half of the stomach to reduce food absorption, or in extreme circumstances, gastrectomies, where the stomach is either partially or fully resected to reduce the need for food and food absorption. These, again, can lead to many further complications, such as blood clots, gallstones, or being left with excessive skin folds, which will require further surgery to remove. In conclusion, medical interventions are much more effective. However, the side effects can be a lot more damaging than lifestyle-based treatments, hence why a lot of healthcare professionals 
will prioritise lifestyle-based treatments as the main care option. So at the start of this talk, we pose the question, is obesity caused by genetics or lifestyle factors? What do people think, having listened to all the evidence? It's certainly not caused by genetics alone or lifestyle alone, because every person is different and there's so many different variables in each person. It could be that in one case, obesity is purely due to lifestyle choices. And it could be that in another case, obesity is due to genetics mainly. It's rarely the case in which genetics alone are to blame, because lifestyle factors often triumph over genetics when it comes to controlling obesity. Yeah, I think Adrian's made a good point because it's really apparent that obesity has become more prevalent over time. But we've also seen that sedentary lifestyles and increased consumption of processed foods have increased as well. Though this doesn't like prove there's a causal link between physical inactivity and obesity, the strong correlation does suggest that lifestyle plays a much bigger role in obesity than genetics. And do you believe in uh, during 2020, we've been inside a lot and opportunities to exercise have been limited and people have been very stressed and they've maybe turned to stress eating. So do you think obesity is going to be an even bigger problem coming out of the pandemic? I definitely think that that will be one of the many effects the pandemic has had. Already, we saw a lot of people were drifting into more sedentary lifestyles as remote working became much more popular for companies. And I think the pandemic has just exacerbated that problem, especially by restricting people's access to ways to exercise. A lot of football clubs, local sports clubs and gyms were all shut down in many countries. And that severely restricted people's ability to exercise and lose weight that they might be gaining. In terms of stress eating as well, I think that's another big problem that's cropped up. Obesity has become a massive problem over the last few decades and governments have tried to tackle these through a number of schemes such as putting energy intake values on food and also trying to ban junk food ads before certain times. Do you think these are effective ways of managing the obesity problem? I think the thing with labelling food is that it informs the public who might not be aware of the content of food and how much of each food group it contains. And this, to the responsible public, empowers them to be able to choose their diet to help them eat healthier. So though food labels do help, I don't think they're enough to tackle the problem of obesity that we have now. I definitely think as well a problem with it is while governments around the world are trying to increase awareness around the dangers of obesity, at the same time you have food companies such as McDonald's and the whole fast food industry or even food companies that sell processed foods that are putting out their own advertising to try and increase their profits and in a way are promoting obesity. So advertising plays a key role in promoting unhealthy foods such as fast food. Do you believe that banning fast food ads in the same way that tobacco adverts are banned can help solve the obesity crisis? The key point in your question was help solve. And of course, banning the advertising of these will definitely help solve it. But it's certainly not enough to solve it, considering the magnitude of the problem we have. Much as tobacco ad adverts have already been banned, but smoking is still a problem, if we ban these advertisements, obesity will still be a problem, but perhaps less so than before.
Another factor to consider is economics. If you're looking at a cost per calorie basis on a number of food projects, fast food offers cheap food with a high calorie content. And if you're on a low income, are you going to choose maybe a couple of pieces of fruit or you could get a full meal from McDonald's? Do you think that economics also plays a massive role within obesity? Well, I think that's an interesting point. And one way that the government could tackle this problem is to tax fast food and other processed foods so that they are relatively more expensive compared to healthier options, which would provide an incentive for people to eat healthier and have a balanced diet. Well, I see where your point's coming from in terms of taxing the fast foods to discourage people buying them. I think that might even have the reverse effect. A lot of people do rely on these fast foods as their main source of eating and putting the onus on the customer by raising taxes because obviously that will have the knock-on effect of raising prices is quite unfair instead i think the government should enforce legislation on these companies to improve the quality of their food because if you're putting the problem back onto the people who are really only buying these types of food not out of choice but out of desperation i think that's quite unfair I think in any case, companies are shifting towards healthier foods in their products because of the social perception against their foods and the links to obesity. Although it has a long way to go, the advertising that the governments around the world have done to battle obesity has had an effect. And so I think they just need to reinforce that and target it more directly at these sources. Yeah, we're in quite an extraordinary situation as a world where more people are dying from obesity than malnutrition and we shouldn't allow this to continue because ultimately poorer people are more likely to be obese than richer people which is kind of counterintuitive but as we've talked about economic factors play a huge role within obesity in availability and affordability of fruit and vegetables and other healthier options but we've talked about fat and being overweight in a very negative way do you think that there is a risk that we uh, encroach into body shaming when we're talking about obesity i think the problem where people confuse body shaming and obesity is that body shaming is a topic that surrounds people who are not obese because as we said obesity is defined by someone's bmi And body shaming is when you attack someone for being perceived as fat when they actually have a healthy BMI. However, obesity is medically recognized as a disease. Like we said, it's a number one killer in many places. And so I think people's unawareness about the difference between being fat and obese and just being large in terms of being a human but still being healthy is what causes a lot of the issues around body shaming. And speaking about a lack of awareness, do you think the current schemes that the government have are effective? And if not, how do you think they could be improved? I definitely think there are big strides being made in these schemes. Recently, we've seen things such as the sugar tax on sugary foods and also the complete ban of fast foods from children's programming. This is in the UK, obviously. I think these are really key steps, especially targeting childhood obesity, which is a lot more of a pressing concern than other types of obesity. 
I think that these schemes are effective in the sense that they're working compared to what we had before. But obesity still remains a massive problem. There's far more that we can do to try and reduce it. One of these factors is making people aware of how to have a healthy diet. And this comes to primary care. And I think one of the things that would help reduce obesity in the UK is if the NHS had more money to invest in primary care. Yeah, that's a really good point because obesity is currently costing the wider society roughly £27 billion a year. And the NHS is also spending an estimated £6.1 billion on overweight and obesity-related ill health in recent years. And um, we're also spending more money each year on the treatment of obesity compared to other services such as like the police or fire service. So I think that tackling obesity can help reduce these other costs and it can also have um, positive knock-on effects for other aspects of society. I hope you've enjoyed our talk about obesity and its different causes and treatments. While genetic factors do play a part, lifestyle remains the dominant reason for obesity and we should prioritise lifestyle treatment where possible over surgery. Thank you for listening for me- to this week's episode of Medisodes and we hope that you like and subscribe and please comment down below if you enjoyed this talk and we'll be back next week with a new topic.